Book One of the Ballad of the White Horse by G. K. Chesterton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book One, The Vision of the King. Before the gods that made the gods had seen their sunrise pass, the white horse of the white horse vale was cut out of the grass. Before the gods that made the gods had drunk at dawn their fill, the white horse of the white horse vale was hoary on the hill. Age beyond age on British land, aeons and aeons gone, was peace and war in the western hills, and the white horse looked on. For the white horse knew England when there was none to know. He saw the first oar break or bend, he saw heaven fall, and the world end, oh God, how long ago! For the end of the world was long ago, and all we dwell today as children of some second birth, like a strange people left on earth after a judgment day. For the end of the world was long ago, when the ends of the world waxed free, when Rome was sunk in a waste of slaves and the sun drowned in the sea, when Caesar's son fell out of the sky, and who so hearkened right could only hear the plunging of the nations in the night, when the ends of the earth came marching in to torch and crescent gleam, and the roads of the world that lead to Rome were filled with faces that moved like foam, like faces in a dream. And men rode out of the eastern lands, broad river and burning plain, trees that are titaned flowers to see, and tiger skies striped horribly with tints of tropic rain. Where Ein's enameled peaks arise around that inmost one, where ancient eagles on its brink Vast as archangels gather and drink the sacrament of the sun, and men break out of the northern lands, enormous lands alone, where spell is laid upon life and lust, and the rain is changed to a silver dust, and the sea to a great green stone, and a shape that moveth murkily in mirrors of ice and night, hath blanched with fear all beasts and birds, as death and a shock of evil words blast a man's hair white. And the cry of the palms and the purple moons, or the cry of the frost and foam, swept ever around an inmost place, and the din of distant race on race cried and replied round Rome. And there was death upon the emperor, and night upon the pope, and Alfred, hiding in the deep grass, hardened his heart with hope. A sea-folk, blinder than the sea, broke all about his land, but Alfred up against them bare, and gripped the ground, and grasped the air, staggered and strove to stand. He bent them back with spear and spade, with desperate dyke and wall, with foemen leaning on his shield, and roaring on him when he reeled, and no help came at all. He broke them with a broken sword, a little towards the sea, and for one hour of panting peace, ringed, with a roar that would not cease, with golden crown and girded fleece made laws under a tree. The Northmen came about our land, a Christless chivalry, who knew not of the arch or pen, great, beautiful, half-witted men, from the sunrise and the sea. Misshapen ships stood on the deep, full of strange gold and fire, and hairy men, as huge as sin, with horned heads came wading in through the long, low sea-mire. Our towns were shaken of tall kings, with scarlet beards like blood, 
The world turned empty where they trod. They took the kindly cross of God and cut it up for wood. Their souls were drifting as the sea, and all good towns and lands. They only saw with heavy eyes and broke with heavy hands. Their gods were sadder than the sea, gods of a wandering will, who cried for blood like beasts at night, sadly from hill to hill. They seemed as trees walking the earth, as witless and as tall, yet they took hold upon the heavens, and no help came at all. They bred like birds in English woods, they rooted like the rose, when Alfred came to Atelney to hide him from their bows. There was not English armor left, nor any English thing, when Alfred came to Atelney to be an English king. For earthquake swallowing earthquake uprent the Wessex tree, the whirlpool of the pagan sway had swirled his sires as sticks away when a flood smites the sea. And the great kings of Wessex, wearied and sank in gore, and even their ghosts in that great stress, grew grayer and grayer, less and less, with the lord that died in lioness, and the king that comes no more. And the god of the golden dragon was dumb upon his throne, and the lord of the golden dragon ran in the woods alone, and if he ever climbed the crest of luck, and set the flag before, returning as a wheel returns, came ruin and the rain that burns, and all began once more. And naught was left King Alfred, but shameful tears of rage, in the island, in the river, in the end of all his age. In the island, in the river, he was broken to his knee, and he read, writ with an iron pen, that God had wearied of Wessex men, and given their country, field, and fen to the devils of the sea. And he saw in a little picture, tiny and far away, his mother sitting in Edbert's hall, and a book she showed him very small, where Sapphire Mary sat in stall, with a golden Christ at play. It was wrought in the monk's low manner, from silver and sanguine shell, where the scenes are little and terrible, keyholes of heaven and hell. In the river island of Atelney, with the river running past, in colours of such simple creed, all things sprang at him, sun and weed, till the grass grew to be grass indeed, and the tree was a tree at last. Fearfully plain the flowers grew, like the child's book to read, or like a friend's face, seen in a glass. He looked, and there our lady was. She stood and stroked the tall live grass as a man strokes his steed. Her face was like an open word, when brave men speak and choose. The very colours of her coat were better than good news. She spoke not, nor turned not, nor any sign she cast. Only she stood up straight and free, between the flowers in Atelney and the river running past. One dim ancestral jewel hung on his ruined armor grey. He rent and cast it at her feet, where, after centuries with slow feet, men came from hall and school and street and found it where it lay. Mother of God, the wanderer said, I am but a common king, nor will I ask what saints may ask to see a secret thing. The gates of heaven are fearful gates, worse than the gates of hell. Not I would break the splendors barred, or seek to know the thing they guard, which is too good to tell. But for this earth most pitiful, this little land I know, if that which is for ever is, 
or if our hearts shall break with bliss seeing the stranger go. When our last bow is broken, queen, and our last javelin cast, under some sad green evening sky, holding a ruined cross on high, under warm westland grass to lie, shall we come home at last? And a voice came, human, but high up, like a cottage climbed among the clouds, or a surf of hut and croft, that sits by his hovel fire as oft, but hears on his old bare roof aloft a belfry burst in song. The gates of heaven are lightly locked, we do not guard our gain. The heaviest hind may easily come silently and suddenly upon me in a lane, and any little maid that walks in good thoughts apart may break the guard of the three kings and see the dear and dreadful things I hid within my heart. The meanest man in grey fields gone behind the set of sun, heareth between star and other star, through the door of darkness fallen ajar, the counsel, eldest of things that are, the talk of three in one. The gates of heaven are lightly locked, we do not guard our gold. Men may uproot where worlds begin, or read the name of the nameless sin, but if he fail, or if he win, to no good man is told. The men of the east may spell the stars, and times and triumphs mark, but the men signed of the cross of Christ go gaily in the dark. The men of the east may search the scrolls for sure fates and fame, but the men that drink the blood of God go singing to their shame. The wise men know what wicked things are written on the sky. They trim sad lamps, they touch sad strings, hearing the heavy purple wings where the forgotten seraph kings still plot how God shall die. The wise men know all evil things, under the twisted trees, where the perverse in pleasure pine, and men are weary of green wine, and sick of crimson seas. But you and all the kind of Christ are ignorant and brave, and you have wars you hardly win, and souls you hardly save. I tell you not for your comfort, ye not for your desire, save that the sky grows darker yet, and the sea rises higher. Night shall be thrice night over you, and heaven an iron cope. Do you have joy without a cause, ye faith without a hope? Even as she spoke she was not, nor any words that he, he only heard, still as he stood, under the old knight's nodding hood, the sea-folk breaking down the wood, like a high tide from sea. He only heard the heathen men, whose eyes are blue and bleak, singing about some cruel thing done by a great and smiling king in daylight on a deck. He only heard the heathen men, whose eyes are blue and blind, singing what shameful things are done between the sunlit sea and the sun when the land is left behind. End of Book One Recording by Gail Cato